Welcome, good people. Uh, at the time of recording, we are less than a fortnight away from the global spectacle that is the World Cup in Qatar. But between now and then, there's still a host of cup football that we need to discuss and dissect, starting with the European showpiece that is the Champions League. Um, and what can be said about that is not the most memorable group stage of my life, uh, not one that will live long in the memory, but we do have enough meat and content to get into. So looking back at the group stages, I'm joined by my colleagues, um, Vu and Tanya. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, what are we saying about this Champions League group stage? What are our overall thoughts, top level? How do we feel about this? I'll start with you, Kanya. I mean, look, overall, I think there wasn't not too much to take away from it. I think every group kind of pan out the way, the way you'd expect. I think maybe the big surprise, depending on your... On how much you let your emotions cloud your judgment is probably Barca going out. But be, beyond that, I feel like we more or less got what, what we thought we'd get. You know, shout out Club Bruges, but I'm not, I'm not particularly fussed about what's happened. I don't really care. I, I, I wish I could phrase it more like softer than that, but I'm not. I'm excited that we have a much better and much more exciting round of 16 to look forward to. Agree with that second point. I think one thing the Champions League does guarantee is entertainment as the tournament progresses. So yeah, fingers crossed that we get a bit more excitement uh, as we go along. And disgruntled, disappointed uh, Barca fan, Mubu, how are you feeling about not only your team, but the Champions League group stages as a whole? How do you look back on that, uh, that round of fixtures? Um, yo, I want to point out that I support Barca today. Anything. Um, I'm very disappointed. I didn't ex expect them to to get. Um, especially with the way Inter was playing, I just, I think that's a failure. But it is what it is. Um, uh, our ultimate demise was something that I've I've always been worried about from the beginning of the season. Just our defensive frailties. So, you know, um. Yeah, I think the most disappointing thing is that we won our first game and didn't win again, which is just poor. Um, other than that, I think um, the Spurs, the Spurs group was probably uh, than I thought it would be a very, 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 very interesting group. It was, it was good, went down to the wire, um, and I think the biggest surprise was just how well Napoli had done. They look by far the best team in the competition uh, right now. Um, probably, I think if they played Madrid in two over two legs, they'd beat them. And Madrid would probably be my second favorite team. The group stages, maybe Benfica, they did quite well. But yeah, I think Napoli was the most refreshing. Uh, the highlight from the group stages for me. Interesting segue. Thank you for that, because I would be shocked if anyone listening to this doesn't have Napoli as their top pick for, for the Champions League group stages. What a surprise. What a refreshing surprise, because like I, like I alluded to a few episodes back, this is something that you expect like along a two, three year project. But there's enough, there's enough out there to suggest that Napoli shouldn't be doing what they're doing this season. So what a surprise. And I'll come back to you, Kanya. I know you feel very strongly about how Napoli are playing this season. Your top performer, I'd be shocked if they're not Napoli. What do you make of Napoli themselves? And who are you? do you have them as your top performers in the group stages? 
I mean, you have to have them as, as top performers. They've, they've been incredible. The only game that they didn't win was when there was literally nothing to gain from like having beaten Liverpool, you know? Like, I think the, they've, they're, 20, they're 20 goals in the group stages the most by any Italian side. And I think for me, it's the fact that they went through half of the group stages without having Osman even present and still managed, to, still managed that record. I can't, I can't not have Napoli as that team. They've genuinely been unbelievable, and it's not that they've got like one or two standout players. It's that as a team, they really are like, they, for me, they're like a top five, top five team in Europe. Like, they, they, they can't not be at this point. They, they, they're such a, a cohesive unit. There's so much to like about them as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm genuinely really, really pleased with them. Um, so yeah, they're my top performer as a team. In terms of individuals, I think I think my guy has to be my guy actually has to be Mbappe. No lie. Um, in PSG's big games, that's actually the guy that that actually scores the goal every single time. I I I think he's been he's been weird. He's been weird a few times, but um, I'm really really I'm interested in how he seems to be trying to position himself as the guy amongst some very realogs. So. Yeah, I want to give him his flowers as well. I won't lie, I'm a bit taken aback. I didn't, I, I get your point. I would be shocked if I went to five people and any of them picked Mbappe as their top individual for the group stages. But your points do make sense. I think this, the, the, the score lines don't lie. Um, the stat sheet doesn't lie. He's there, he's present. He wins them games, he scores goals. So why not? You know, I'm open to it. Um, Vu, from your side, um, just, just before we get, get into top individuals, I know that to play devil's advocate, what would you think about you know Bayern going six for six in what is supposedly the group of death? Are they are they underdapped in your opinion, or did they just do what they, what was expected of them? What did you make of Bayern in terms of being a standout performer alongside Napoli? Um, maybe yeah, I think underdapped is is the right is yeah. Saying that, um, but maybe that's also just because the teams, Barca and Inter have okay. Let me let me put Barca on the side. Inter haven't been great this season. Um, Barca just been bad defensively. Like if we go back to, I, I think the problem is the Bayern haven't really had performances where people will put them as their favorites. So I think that's it's probably more that than it has to do with the winning games and getting results. Um, that's probably why they're under depth. I mean, when Barca played them in the first group, Barca were all over them. Just Lewandowski was not present when the brights were light. I mean, when the lights were bright. <laughs> um, missed, missed a heap of chances. Uh, where I think in the second leg it wasn't even close. Um, so I think that's probably why more than anything. On a personal standpoint, I'm just not a fan of, 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 of their coach. So I know why I don't have faith. That's just more a coaching issue than it has to do with the way they're playing. Uh, maybe a slight part of it is how they've been performing in the league. Performing in the league. Um, but other than that... Um, yeah, they're the only team that's won every game, I think. Yeah, like you said, yeah, they're the only team that has won every single game. 
Um, and that has to count for something. Just back to Kanye's point, it's in- he said that about Mbappe, uh, where I think from a goals output point, yeah, I think he has been the guy. But once again, maybe this is just me being slightly biased, but I think my my player to watch from this PSG team has either been Moutinho uh, and Messi. Messi, not so much because he's scoring again, but genuine PSG's attacks, uh, uh, final balls or balls before the final ball, through the lines, have been played by him. And when he has not been present, I could you, even in their league games, difference um, in decisive passing and all that. Because sometimes Neymar takes too long to play those passes where I think just Messi's, you know, quick on the ball with that. So he's probably been my favorite player to watch in the team, if not Vitinha. Vitinha's, Vitinha's taken, taken his uh, position in the team by storm. So, yeah, I, I would have not put Mbappe as my, as my standout guy, but I can't fight the fact that you need a goal, he's the guy. He's the guy without a doubt. If there's something that needs to happen, he's most likely going to be the guy to get it. I mean, yeah, but I don't know, man. I just don't fear this buying team. So I think that more than anything, there's this, yeah, there's, there's no, I don't know. Lewandowski's not there anymore. You know, there, there isn't that main threat of a player where you could be like, oof, you know, they're one to watch out for. Um, but I could be eating my words. Uh, wait, come, sorry, come I just want to confirm. Um, you don't fear them, but they put five past you over two legs. Someone had to say it. Wait, are you talking what? what? No, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, for the knockout stages, my team, my team is like, when, when you ask me, the responses that you'd get, wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't be so surprising that Bayern had finished Barca. Well, okay, let me put it like this. What I am saying is not based on the fact that it's not based on how Barcelona performed against them. I'm saying this and uh, based on the teams that they possibly would face in the in the knockout stages. Bayern play Napoli, them winning. Bayern play uh, City, I don't see them winning. Bayern play Madrid, oh. I don't see them winning. Oh. Not not because they're not, but I don't think they've had those performances or, or something where like you can see like oh you know if they play this team I think outright favorite to win um, I have the same feeling against PSG realistically Bayern are the favorites uh, but I think I hold my comments until after the World Cup because that's when I'll, I'll have a, a, a better feeling of where PSG are but even then I'm I'm not too mad at that draw you know what I mean um yeah, so that's what I mean. I just don't. I don't see them as the team in the Champions League. Interesting, interesting takes. I think. Yeah, we'll touch a bit more on that round of sixteen draw a bit later in the episode. Um, before we move on, I think, like I said in the beginning, not the most memorable group stage campaign, and I think that's highlighted by the fact that there is no single player who stood out more. I think. If we can give credit to our guy Mo Salah, you know, same same amount of goals as Mbappe throughout the group stage, but I don't think anyone would even, unless you're from Liverpool. Uh, I like the hat trick against Rangers, though. 
you got to put a little bit of tax on that. I don't, I don't know. All, if all count. Yeah. They all count the same. Yeah. They all count the same. But yeah, none of them, no one would put Mo Salah as your stand-up performer. I would like to put out uh, three individuals who stood out to me. Um, one might ruffle a few feathers, and I'll start with him. Eric Maxim Chupamoting, because as much as, as, much as um, he's not, I wouldn't say he's got big boots to fill, he is, he is showing up, and I think his performance level and his, his ability to actually be the guy when he was needed, and not necessarily to save Bayern or to get them through anything, but just he's been scoring goals and he's been kind of, he, he's established himself as a starter in this Bayern team, particularly in the Champions League. Do not be surprised if in the later stages he has something to say. Um, we can't discuss the group stages without discussing our boy Kivicha. Uh, from Napoli. Yeah. I mean, what a way to announce yourself to the greater, to the, to the world than to, than to shine in the Champions League. So surprised by him. I'll put my hands up. I'd never even heard of him before the second match day in the Champions League. Um, and yeah, from, from when I started paying attention to him, the more I started hearing about him, uh, I have to tap him. And then the third person I'd like to highlight, despite his team getting knocked out, is Mudrik from Shakhtar Donetsk because there is a star there. There is a star boy. I'm ready to invest uh, my wallet is ready because I feel like he will have something to say uh, in years to come in European football. So those are the three I'd like to highlight. But with, 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 with that being said, the Champions League will always throw up a few surprises, a few shocks. And I don't think there's any clearer shocks than, quite frankly, the terrible campaigns that Juventus and Atletico Madrid had. Uh, Atleti finishing bottom of their group for the first time in Champions League history. Juventus finishing third in a group where, you know, Juventus of old would have been expected to win that group, uh, if anything. What are, we, what are we saying about the fall of, we'll start with the old lady. Uh, what are we saying about where Juventus are? Is their, is their Champions League campaign reflective of where they are as a club? And yeah, what do we make of them in the Champions League? I'll start with you, LLM. Wait, just, just before you get there, can I just ask, or can I just point out as well, one of the players... So I read somewhere that Man United 100% save rate in this thing. I don't know. No, surely I think that was cap, right? How many goals have Bayern conceded? They've conceded twice. Two goals. Yeah, they've conceded two goals. So I think almost he saved, I think, maybe about 90% of the shots that he's faced. Wait, um, no. Noya wasn't keeper when they conceded those two goals. Noya has been out for a bit. So, so he had a hundred... So that hundred percent save rate uh, yes. in the no, Champions League. No one scored passes UCL. So, so that that is right. That's a very great stat. I also think that just shows how badly the other teams will. So, part of this thing that I was talking about, not necessarily having this fear in mind, is not because obviously they're winning, but the teams that they were playing were just bad. They weren't, I don't think, they would probably even shock themselves that they, they weren't challenged as they would have, or they would have thought initially. So, just to clear up before I get quoted here, <laughs> that is, that is what I mean, you know. Um, it has nothing to do with their general ability as a team. Time will tell, time will tell. But like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll jump more into uh, the future prospects of Bayern in this competition because I feel like there is a lot to say. I have a lot to say. But jumping back to, to, to Atleti and Juventus, let's start off with Juventus. 
what are we saying about the HMBZ campaign, Kanya? What, what's going on at Juventus? To, to be honest, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I feel like it started off really badly and there was a point in time where I was thinking, yo, this is, this is so sad, the fall of a giant. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, there's a lot that Juve kind of need to figure out in a short period of time. On top of, like, Allegri's tactics not necessarily aiding Juve in the best way that they, that they possibly could. There's, like, the argument for whether or not they should have a better coach. I think that it's kind of been unaddressed that, the, like, their best two players, or arguably two of their best three players, only one of them has been fit in Locatelli. Chiesa's uh, only just recently started playing again. Pogba hasn't played a minute of competitive football for Juve yet. And I think you kind of can't ignore what that does to a team that already, quality-wise, isn't all the way there. Um, like, they've been bad. They've been bad. But I, I don't think they've been so bad that it's, you know, this, ter- this like, ridiculous thing that, you know, they definitely should have gone through. Because when you look at their group, bro, you know, Juve were undoubtedly undoubtedly in the toughest group that there was. Like, when you look at, like, Europe as a whole, the only two teams that haven't lost a league game, that haven't lost a game in any competition this entire season are Benfica and PSG. Like, when, when, you, when you put that into context, it's like, okay, yeah, Shop, they lost and they were really bad in the group stage. But it's just like, who else was going to beat these guys? They couldn't beat one another. Like, Benfica and PSG, as good as PSG have been, we're talking about name about about Messi as like the standout of potentially of the competition so far. In as good as Messi's been, he couldn't they couldn't lay a glove against Benfica. Like he scored, but like they couldn't beat them. So I don't know. Like the way the way I'm the way I feel about it, I don't think that they've been as embarrassing as you know, like looking solely at the group stages would would, like would tell us. I think that. They are in a weird place. They're still transitioning. There's lots that you need to figure out as a club. But I don't think that this UCL campaign should be the stick we use to beat them with. Simeone, on the other hand, I have words for, but we can get there. <laughs> we, we certainly will. Mbu, one win in six games for Juventus, a negative goal difference, uh, five defeats. Is this, I mean, for a European giant, for a club that's campaigning for the Super League, is this at all damaging for Juventus? And if I can throw in a slight dig, if Man United put in this sort of group stage, I mean, managers would, would be losing their jobs for that kind of performance in the Champions League. So what do we make of, you know, Allegri's position? What's, what's your feeling about Juventus and their group stage campaign? I think, uh, I think we've, we've getting them since the back end of last season, really, uh, questioning Allegri's uh, tactics from the beginning of the season. So, I know most of how I feel is aligned with Kanye's is that they were weird before they started this, 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 uh, before they played their first game against PSG. Um, not getting at least two wins against the, the, the easier team in the group is, is disgraceful. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, maybe, 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 maybe I'm just not as in Juventus as a team, but I'm not, I'm, I don't feel much about, about, about how badly they played in the, in this, in this, um, 
in, in these group stages because I didn't really expect much from them, to be honest. You know, um, like Kanye said, the injuries that they've had, the manager's tactics always being questioned. It was it was already a recipe for for some form of disaster. Going up against two teams who seem to be very well coached as it stands, or as, as as well as they can be. You know, people will say like, "Oh, leagues that you play in are factored in you going undefeated," and I agree. But not losing a game is still a very difficult thing to do. No matter what league you play in, not losing a game is a very difficult thing to do. And I think. Having playing teams that are well drilled, being their star players injured, where you just have issues on issues, you can't really expect much from them. Um, yeah, and they lost Paulo Dybala. I don't think that was going to be a, a small loss to them. And Kiesa not being there was just another thing. So, not too surprised. Um, yeah. Well, I think, it's, I think it's clear to see that Allegri isn't on the ropes like we thought he would. Uh, he does seem to have the backing of those above him. And, I mean, since, since it was written on the wall that they would exit the group stages, he did kind of change his tune in terms of who he started. We saw him play a few of the kids. Um, so, yeah, I think... I personally think it's an embarrassment, but I do understand the, 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 the softer touch you guys are putting on it, where perhaps this isn't the end of the road for Juventus as a European super club but still not a campaign that they'll want to, or rather a campaign that they'll want to forget in a hurry. But moving on to the other, the other big, 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 big disappointment. And there's no hiding it. Um, as, a, as a proxy Atleti fan, I will, I will bear the brunt. That was an appalling result, I think, to finish bottom of that group. A group, a group where if I'm Bayer Leverkusen, if I'm Bruges and I'm Porto sitting at the draw that took place months ago and I'm drawn against Atleti, I'm thinking you know, they are, they are probably the number one seed in that group. They are expected in, in, in some regards to top that group. But finishing bottom of that group, again, with a single win to their name, the, the way they went out in that chaotic fashion kind of, kind of sums up, you know, the, where they've been heading as a club in the past years. I'll come back to you, Kanya. Atleti Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Diego Simeone, what, what's going on? What's going on? In an early episode with Mbou and Lebone, we had this conversation about whether or not it might just be time to have that conversation, whether it might be time to accept that Atleti might need a changing of the guard. I don't know if... I wouldn't say he's finished as a coach. That would be ridiculous to say. But I, I do think the general direction that let's, let's Atletico are going in and where he wanted to go, I don't think the two align anymore. I, I really don't. I don't think that... I think Atleti have been found out, almost. Like, when you look at, like, the way they lost some of these UCL games, a lot of the time, it's because opposition... Like, they decided not to try dominate the game. They let Atleti keep the ball. They've, they've kind of found out how to nullify them. They, like, there's, there's not a, there's, they don't have that underdog fact anymore. Like, they haven't evolved past that. And... Unfortunately, I, I really do think that Simeone has to go. I don't think it, it's much more complicated than that. When you look at players like like Jao Felix, who everybody keeps crying for everyone to free. Personally, I feel he's part of the problem as much as, as much as Simeone is. But when you have players like that who you know just don't fit stylistically, and those are the players that Atletico are investing so, so heavily in, 
it just makes you think that maybe the two just don't go together anymore. Like, they just don't fit. I, I really do think that's the point that you're at. I don't think that they make sense for Simeone. I don't think Simeone makes sense for the Atleti as a club. And it's hard. it's a hard thing to accept when your coach becomes an institution of his own. It's been it's been sad, genuinely. It's been sad to watch them go out this way. But like, I don't think we're gonna get like a more damning example of like his powers waning than the fact that Club Bruges, aside from Belgium, listen, no disrespect to them, but aside from Belgium, cannot finish six points ahead of you. They simply they simply can't. They simply can't. And you tell me that that you think that you think this makes sense, even domestically. Like, they're so far off the pace from Boston and Madrid at this point. I think it's done. Damning. That's a damning <laughs> take. Um, Vu, a lot has been said, again, about the Leti's exit. The fact that they're not even in the Europa League is, you know, is, is a cause for hysteria. I want to get your opinion on one thing Kanye touched on, which is Atleti seem to have a lot of pieces that just don't fit. You know, a few years ago, uh, when Atleti were kind of at the peak of their powers, they had a clear way of playing, a manager who, who was clear in his direction, and they kind of had a starting eleven that you could name off the top of your head. You know, as you went on, as they went on in the Champions League knockout stages, as they progressed in the league, they kind of had a clear team. It was very clear who's a starter for Atleti um, and who's a, who's a role player in that team. And like Kanye says, there's been a lot of change in that team and just the puzzle just seems off. So what do you think in terms of, do you agree with Kanye in terms of saying that it's, it's time up for Simeone or do you think that a bit of restructuring and a bit of change can benefit this team? Well, I think the, the restructuring and change that will be beneficial is that he does leave. So yes, I do agree with Kanye, but I think a refreshment, like there needs to be a, not an entire reset, but just new ideas. A new, something new for the players. Because um, I think the type of, the, the style of players that they have now just don't suit what what so successful. Like, they're poor, they're not so great defensively as well. And that's been, that's been their thing. Um, and he's been signing, I think, far more creative players than he ever has probably in the last three, four seasons. Um from the seasons before where, you know, he he had he had Ada Turan was probably one of the one of his more crazy uh before he signed Carrasco. Uh he had Raul Garcia playing there. Um they're not known for being so tactically inept. So yeah, I think I think his his his, his time has run its course at Atletico. Um, maybe this is a, a funky thing to say, but I'd, I would think I'll throw this out there. I think Poch could take over Atletico and probably do well. Um, they could be looking in, in that direction, um, but I don't see a future where Atletico is successful again and Simeone is the manager. Um. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's let's hear more about let's hear more about that Poch take. Why do you reckon Poch could be the guy for them? I think Poch's best environments are with 
players that can uh, that can do a job having okay firstly he's, he's really good at developing players um but obviously my only experience i have with that is his time at actually no 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 even his time at, at southampton yeah he, i think he's very good at developing players and i think just to uh the jean felix point that the kanya had um I think a manager of his type would be perfect for a player like who who needs uh development and confidence and and to be given big responsibility. We've seen him do it with, with the likes of Delhi Ali. Um Harry Kane started thriving a lot after Poch came. I won't I won't really say we saw a very different uh, Christian Eriksen. Uh bring him back to Spain he was heavily involved from Madrid um you know there's 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 tra- there's a track record of him doing well with need to be developed um i do agree though with Kanya that you know you can't only look at it from one side but i think the biggest has been with the team that Simeone was signing players that just didn't seem to fit his style of play and then those players don't end up playing so well in his systems or you know they'll have a spell where it's three months and everything's working great and then thereafter it's done um i can't put that solely down to oh you know this player is not doing well enough he needs to do more in the case for almost all of the players that he's signed to come in and do a job his last his last success story for me would probably be simply but Suarez is the type of player that I would see working under Simeone. So, yeah, I think many that much can work with teams that are trying to get somewhere, trying to get closer. Um, I think that's what Atletico wants. They want to win the leagues, but I think they always want to get closer to Barca and Madrid. Poch can do that. Um, not so many Poch can do that. The, the 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 types of players that are at the Atletico now, I think would suit Poch. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it fits in well. Whether he goes there, I don't know. I know those talk those those some some. I think Kanye was one of the people saying, "Oh, he should probably try Sevilla," and uh, I don't know where else. Um, he said yesterday he said he should go back to Southampton, but I think <laughs> if he wanted to, yeah. Uh, if he if he wanted a good project, I think Atletico would be the place for him. No, valid point. I don't think you said much that I disagree with. Um, but yeah, I think, it, like I said, I'm a pseudo-Atletico fan. Uh, I'm an on and off fan. I think I, I invest heavily in them and then I kind of lose interest. And I think the fact that, you know, the past two seasons, I haven't followed them as closely, are kind of representative of them losing with the team that they once were. They just not. They just don't have that sparkle anymore. I, Kanye, you're right to say that it would be wrong to say that Simeone is finished. He's not. I would say that as as from an athletic point of view, letting go of Simeone, you need to let him go with a clear plan in place. And I think the way that things are run at the club right now, there is an element of disorganization and lack of strategy and lack of direction that might harm the next guy. So it may be worth restructuring, getting the house in order with Simeone, who understands and loves the club there. Because if you let go of him and there's disarray at the top, there is no guarantee for a future for them. 
they could easily Good. fall back into mediocrity for years to come. So I think that's the only thing I'd bear in mind before we, we eager to usher Simeone out the door is that he could still be, he could still have something to offer in this transition phase before they get another guy. Um, don't, and if I can just think say one more thing about Adetti, uh, I'll, yeah, jump in there. Don't you think it, they're just a bit fearful of, of life after him more than them being solely disorganized? He has been there for a very long time and we've seen how clubs after losing managers that have been there for I'd even say over how the massive drop happens before they get good again. I think they're probably more fearful they are just disorganized. I would counter that to say that I think there is fear that exists, but to put the state of Atleti currently in Simeone's hands would be wrong. There's been a lot of bad calls financially. And also the influence of agents. A lot of, not a lot. There, there, are, there are a number of players who currently play for Atletico Madrid who are not Simeone signings. He did not sanction the deals. They are not his top picks. He's been made to work with what he's got now and he's persevered. So I think that's the point that I'm alluding to in terms of some of the players that are there now shouldn't be there and the manager didn't want them in the first place. So if, if you're talking about a club in a certain state and you're looking at how much how much blame you want to portion to Simeone, that pie has a limit. His piece of the pie has a limit, and we do need to look elsewhere before we're just so quick to usher him out the door. That's all I was just trying to highlight there, just as a crumb of comfort. Um, but yeah, I do think the Champions League campaign is reflective of where they are as a club right now. Um, but yeah, just closing on Atleti, from a United point of view, thank God they're not in the Europa League because we were definitely going to draw them and they were definitely going to knock us out. Um, but yeah, that's that on Atleti. But like we just said uh, at the beginning of the episode, the Champions League does have a tendency to get more exciting as we go along. And we did get a very, very exciting round of 16 draw. It feels like, it feels like uh, one half is that new money, that kind of up-and-coming fresh blood. And the other half of the straw is your, your old guard, you know, the establishment. What are we thinking about the draw itself? And what are we, what are we, does anyone have a, a standout tie that isn't PSG buying? I'll start with you, Kanye. Um, you're going to hate my answer for this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Oh, oh my <laughs> I joke, I joke, but we'll still touch on that. Liverpool Madrid, purely because, you know, it's, the, it's last season's UCL final. That's fun to watch. Seba's already afraid of that game. And, it's just it's just great to see Liverpool fans like for the first time actively afraid of Madrid. I don't I don't like that last season they went into it thinking that they were gonna beat them or steamroll them somehow, even though they hadn't seen that happen since like two thousand nine. Um I like the idea of that game. It's always exciting. It feels like there's like it's it I feel like there's like there's a bigger story than just the match itself that's developed around that game now, which is really nice for me. And I'm excited to see that again. What about you? Personally, um, I do think the prospect of seeing Liverpool and Madrid battle it out over two legs is always more exciting than in the final. We saw it a few seasons ago in that COVID season, but that wasn't really a spectacular tie. I do, I might be the only one who thinks this, but I think both teams have categorically regressed since that final. And I know there's a few Madrid fans who will hear that and think, what the hell is he on about? But I don't think Madrid are the same team they were in that final in May. Liverpool definitely aren't. 
So I don't think in terms of quality, it'll be quite the spectacle. Uh, tactically, I don't know how much more those two teams have to offer than what they're currently doing in the league now. And I do, I, I do think that whilst Madrid right now probably are favourites, they are, they are kind of dependent on their strongest XI. Whereas I think Liverpool, because the XI has had to change it every week, by the time we get to Feb, you know, they might be more ready to, to deal with issues than that Madrid side then. So, yeah. But moving to Yumbu, I know that now that your primary team is out, we kind of know your adopted team in the knockout stages. Um, we'll get to that fixture because I know you've got a lot to say about it. But what else stands out for you in this round of 16 draw? Now that Liverpool Madrid is my game. Um, I, 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 you're saying that you think that they're in a worse of. I think, I, 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 I think Madrid are slightly. In the sense that there isn't this reliance on on, on Benzema like there was last season. Um, he hasn't been. He's either. I, I, he hasn't he hasn't hit the ground running in the Champions League, but he's he's had a few injuries. Rodrigo's coming. Valverde is playing like an absolute beast. I think just maybe defensively they're a bit frail. Uh, where last season they were a lot more solid, I think. Um, but I think I genuinely think that they're in a they're in a better place. They're a lot more enjoyable to what they were last season for me. They're not waiting for. They're not waiting to kill games in the last ten minutes like we saw last season. Um, their their poor performance yesterday. I think they're in a very good place. But I do think you raise a good point that Liverpool will be ready for whatever. Um, because they've they've constantly had to adjust this season. Um, but that's what great teams are meant to do, you know. Nature and you and you and you you weather the storm. Um, but yeah, that, that is probably my, that is my game. Um, and I think maybe my second game to watch that I think would be very good. Um, the, not the Dortmund Chelsea, but Bruges and, and Benfica, mainly just to see. But, but, but I'm the hipster. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not the game. <laughs> They're not the game, oh. but it's the one that I'm most interested to see. I I expect Benfica to win, but the way Bruges have been playing, you know, I think they could be tested. Um, those are my those are my 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 yeah tab. Besides that other game that I've have some things to say about, I think those are those are my stats. No, we'll definitely we're saving the best for last. It's quite clear that we're doing that. We do have to touch on a few other teams. And let's start with the team that, since we started this episode, no one has said a word about. But, you know, I wouldn't call them an elephant in the room, but why is no one talking about Man City? They are expected to, to, to win their, uh, their round of 16 tie against Leipzig. But the fact that none of us have mentioned Manchester City uh, when we reviewed the group stages and they don't really have a particularly exciting tie, do you think, uh, do you agree with the, the, the line of thinking that they are kind of set up to win this year's competition, Kanya, particularly because one of Madrid or Liverpool will be out in the next round, one of PSG or Bayern will be out by the time we reach the quarterfinals. What are we making of Manchester City's prospects? Um, and you do expect them to steamroll Leipzig, don't you? Um, steamroll is a bit generous. I expect them to go through. Um, 
But look, I, I can't argue against it. But there's there's never really a good argument against City other than the fact that they haven't done it before. They, in my eyes, they are at all times a top three side going into the tournament. Um, they they normally go into the game in which they go out in as the favorites. I don't think that the the fact that certain teams look like they'd be going out earlier than earlier than usual really says that much for for their chances. I don't think that they would have been like obvious underdogs against either one of Bayern or PSG or against Madrid, except for the fact that you know that Madrid have won it before, that you know that Bayern have won it before. I don't think there's any footballing reason why that's not the case. So I'm I'm not particularly fussed about City, to be honest. I also I don't I don't care about them as an institution. Um, I'm more I'm more interested in the fact that City's UCL involvement means that there will come a point in April slash March where they might have to sacrifice a league game because they used, they have the UCL in mind and that might do something for Arsenal. But we can talk about that close to the time. Um. For me, City are doing what they always do. Like, their group stage, they were undefeated. Cool, but that's, that's almost how they always are. They always finish up. Like, nothing about what they've done this season feels like they've taken that step forward. They've signed a striker. Cool. But they've also lost a bit of dynamism in the team as a whole. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, they, I think this is probably the first time they've been outscored by, like, I think it's three teams. It might even be four. I know that PSG, Benfica, both outscored them. I know Napoli did as well. And I think Liverpool did. Yeah, they did. So that's four. So, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if City are a massively better side. So, no. I'm not, I'm not putting all my, eggs, all my eggs in that basket yet. If they get to the semifinals and the teams left are Bruges, uh, Frankfurt, and then Dortmund, then sure, they, they're going to win it. But until then, I'm not, I don't think that they're in a massively better position simply because certain teams will be going out ahead of time. They would have gone out by that time anyway. That's fair enough, I guess. Um, I I want to put it on the record. I do think I had a lot to say about Manchester City's draw. Um, and they, they, Calling it luck is unfair. I get that, because it's a draw. But um, I did have a lot to say about the fact that they, they've been drawn against RB Leipzig. Um, and there was the argument put forward that you know, do City get lucky in draws or are they just that team? Um, that could be a podcast episode on its own. But yes, City, I do expect them to, to get over the hump. And I just, I think that with what I said in mind, that one of, you know, of the four giants, the four other giants, two of them will be out in the quarterfinals, does work in their favor. And we will have to start having conversations about Man City, but also conversations about expectation. Because if they do get a favorable run, like you've highlighted, they better win this thing, otherwise we're going to have to have some uncomfortable conversations about the bald guy again. But not to dwell on that picture too much. Um, Vu, I want to get your opinion on what I personally think is the hardest tie of all of them to call. Uh, the one that has been pitifully, pitifully titled as the Pulisic Derby. Dortmund-Chelsea. Um, what are we thinking there? Who's, do we have a clear favorite or is it as hard to call as I think it is? I do think oh, no, that's, cool. that's that's the Jude Bellingham show, brother. That's that's yeah, uh, that's, that's, I, that's yeah. Dortmund every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dortmund every single day. Unless unless this, Chelsea are this, like this... a massively different side by the time we get there, I don't know how they they figure that out. I really don't. If Dortmund aren't like this injury hit side by the time we get to the fifteenth of November, Chelsea are going out. 
and Chelsea be playing Europa League football next season. Okay, if that's is, the case. This, is this your hate for Chelsea talking or hate? Talk, I've been. Oh, no, I don't. You know, <laughs> at this point, I've been so right about Chelsea. I don't even have anything against them anymore. Like I'm actually just fine. I'm just like, yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea is just playing the kind of shit, and I've been saying it for a while. This week, we beat the best of the Huh? Go ahead. Let me throw in a grenade, and then Mbu, I want to hear your piece on this. So, as much as look, I have no problem with you guys picking Dortmund as favorites, but I've learned my lesson with counting Chelsea out. I don't. I you. I said at the beginning of the season, I we saw two seasons ago when they won the the damn competition. There is no. We have no right to count these boys out. As much as we see what we see on a weekly basis, how dare we say Chelsea don't have a chance in this time? So, what do you think? Um, no Bellingham, no party. Bellingham, I, I, I expect, I expect Dortmund to win. The only reason I would want to see Chelsea beat Dortmund is because of Raheem Sterling or or Potter. I, I, I think Sterling will find his feet. In this new team, I, I don't think he's been given the best chances to, to to do so, and I really think, if not this season, at least if, at least next season, um, he will. Or what I want is, is for him to, you know, I guess silence the haters. I guess people talk about this guy like he's not this talented boy that was at Liverpool, the city, being one of their main players. Um, in 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 the in their triumphs, for me, the only reason I'd want I'd I'd want I'd be saying Chelsea would win, that's not necessarily reason would be because I want to see him win. Other than that, I I don't see how Chelsea will have answers for Dortmund uh, with the season. I don't think the group too easy for them. Um, the way Bellingham is playing now. Hopefully, uh, Royce is not injured. I, I, I don't, I don't see Chelsea having an answer for Dortmund. I think they're more well-drilled team at this moment than Chelsea are, and I don't see how much of a difference there'll be between now and early February. I think we're a more, um, I guess, a more steady Chelsea when March, when we hit March, March going into April. The World Cup is now. World Cup ends in December. You're not gonna have much time to work with all of your best players to 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 get in all your tactics and look like a, a very good side again within this. So that's why I think Dortmund would most likely go through. Fair enough. Um, I just want to put it on the record that you are absolutely insane for hoping Marco Royce won't be injured. We stopped doing that in 2018. You need 24, to let that 2014, shit go, bro. brother. 2014. After let... Mr. World Cup, I made you need to let you need to let that shit go. We take Marco Royce as he comes. If he's fit, we're happy. If he's not, we move on. But let's move to another uh, not so straightforward tie. Uh, Kanya, uh, my fellow Milan fan, what are we saying about our chances against a Tottenham Hotspur side, which we know how they'll play, um, could cause us problems. But what are we saying about um, Milan's chances against the mighty Tottenham Hotspur, who haven't beaten a single top six side in England this season. I think this is 
easily the toughest game, the toughest like thing to call. Like I, I don't know if it's high scoring or low scoring. I, it, it really just feels like something that'll be de- like determined by a bunch of random moments in those games. Um, but I'm hoping. Hope, I Milan, don't think Milan easy win. Milan easy win. Oh, oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, no, that's, that's bold. That's bold. Go off. That's very bold. Listen, Kunt is terrible in Europe, so that that obviously does give me a little bit of hope. But there's something almost counterintuitive about how I evaluate Spurs at this point. I think we all share the same sentiment that they don't play well, but they end up scoring, they end up winning. And when you do that so consistently, it makes it really hard to like really put like everything against them. Like They shouldn't have made it through their group. They really, really shouldn't have. But they did. And they didn't just make it through. They finished top. And that group was re- like really difficult, especially for a side like Spurs who want to sit back, who don't necessarily look to take charge of games. They went behind in so many of those games. I think in their last two as well. They went behind against Frankfurt. They went behind against Marseille. But they still end up winning those games. Bro, I, I don't want to say, yeah, Spurs, are definitely gonna be, uh, Spurs will definitely lose Taysom Dunn. I don't know. I don't know. There's there's too much there's too much that has to happen. Son will be back fit. You know he he's not gonna have a, a super long World Cup in any case. I don't. I, I I think I think Spurs have a very good chance of of pulling something off in that game. Or in those games rather. Thank you for highlighting uh, Son's time in Qatar. I think yes, you're right. It will play a role um, on Milan Spurs. Uh, it's clear to see from what's happened in the past couple of weeks that Mike Manyan's fitness will be key. We do expect him to be, to be back by early Feb, if I'm not mistaken. And I also think uh, Giroud and Liao, kind of, in terms of leading the line, if those guys are fit and firing, then yes, the tie should be should be going in Milan's favour. Um, Vu, I don't know, you said it's a very easy easy win for Milan. Anybody why, why, why would I back my ops, bro? Spurs my I mean, time. just like, from they, a football point of view. And what Kanye was saying is that, you know, teams that get results, it's hard to call. But I do think teams that do get those results do get caught out at some stage. They don't. If they don't start performing. I, I, we, we know, we, I think we unpacked it on the group once where, where uh, uh, Conte was saying that Spurs will look different after the World Cup. So I think for me, until I get to see that, put the, I would not say that they're going to play against AC Milan and, and, and go through. Until we see these master plans that this guy has put. Um, and obviously, like he's a great manager. What he says can be believable, but I find it take rhythm and how you're playing. I, I, or at least I rhythm and how you're playing, and then suddenly just play like a different team. He's, he's uh, suggesting that they will be doing in the new year under the same manager. I, I, I just don't see how that works. So that's probably the only reason why I don't back them now. Not not that because they don't grind out results and all those things. I just don't see. They would have improved by then, based off of what Conte is just telling us. Ah, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, I personally hope Tottenham gets banged. One because, yes, like Kanye highlighted, Conte's record in Europe is is not is not one to be proud of. 
Two, I'm a Milan fan. But three, um, this I, I've been my blood boils when I hear people talk about this Tottenham team. And I think a, a, a spanking in Europe would kind of put an end to that early enough in the season so they could really hammer home as they continue to decline in the Premier League. But I'll save that for, for the new year. Um, I'd like to segue into the next tie with an apology uh, for someone we didn't touch on in the group stages at all, Diogo Costa of FC Porto. Um, mm. Porto Milan, Porto Inter, sorry, my apologies. Porto Inter, what are we thinking there, LLM? Do Porto have the juice? You know, a Portuguese team in a knockout tie, they're not, they're, it's not a nice tie. It's not a nice tie. Inter on their way to kind of restoring some sort of some sort of pride in the season. They seem to not be the strongest team in Italy at the moment with Napoli so clear. What are we what are we thinking in that tie? Inter I'm I'm nervous for them, man. I really, really am. This has been such an underwhelming season for them. They're over ten points behind Napoli. At, and I don't know if they're going to get any closer to them. I don't think they're going to finish the season within 10 points of Napoli as Napoli walk to, to the Serie A title. Um, so they kind of need to do something big in Europe because they also might not make top four. Like, yeah. like it, they're, they're not so far off that, you know, within two, within two games, they'll be, they could be like third. So it's not anything terrible, but they haven't been the third best side in Italy this season up to this point. Still early days, of course. So, I don't know when I when I really think about what I expect from from Inter at this point in time. Aside from the fact that they were they played an, an injury hit uh, Barca, they could have very easily been a Europa League side at this point. Whereas Porto and Diego Costa, as you mentioned, look to be a side on the up as like as Benfica do as well. And I kind of I'm kind of banking them. I'm I'm backing them somehow, some way to have enough to get past Inter. Like I think Heritage might tell. And the biggest side might end up winning. I, and it'd be very sad if that was the case because, of course, it'll look like, of course, Inter won. How are Porto going to do anything? But as of right now, I've I've got my I've got my stocks on a on a Porto win. Fair enough. Mvu Gantio head Inter Porto, one one Porto. answer. Porto. Yep. We'll take it. Uh. You know, we did touch on that hipster tie. I want to get some very quick thoughts on Bruges Benfica. Um, Kanya rightly highlighted that how well Benfica have been doing domestically and in Europe. Are we expecting a shock there? Anyone? No, that's that's Benfica's tie. Boom. You know, just uh, ben, uh, it should be Benfica. <laughs> um, no, Mr. Hipster. Like you... So, so what makes this tie interesting? <laughs> Ben, if you still think that you're gonna walk it, I need you to account for this. I, I want to understand how are you explaining this? They've just really impressed me. They've really impressed me, and I don't think they'll go into Benfica game um, like reserved. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. they're gonna play fearful. PSG is that when they got tested defensively, they start doing stupid things at the back, or they stop. They 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 play a bit on the back foot. I don't think Bruges will do that against Porto, against Benfica because what do they have to lose? Um, and I I don't think I've seen Benfica be challenged like that throughout the the group stages. And it probably sounds foolish to say because they played, but maybe for spells in the in the in the in the in the game in Paris, 
but PSG were just missing. So um, I think that's why. It just, it's just an interesting game to watch more than anything. That's my uh, thoughts on what you just said. Uh, last one before but, we get to the big hitter. Go ahead, Mbu. Um, the Portuguese teams have been really impressive. Like even I know I know Sporting went out, but, but that's mainly like defensively. But they've been really, really they've been playing really well uh, in the competition. I think I think we'll see one of them go to the semi. Wow! Okay. okay. That's, okay. That's a big. That's a big I'm, shot. I'm awake again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I? I wanna. I wanna touch on this fixture, you know, very briefly, but with perhaps uh, a hypothetical that I'd like you guys to, to really engage with. Napoli Frankfurt, obviously high flying Napoli versus a Frankfurt side who should not be discounted by any regard. I think they're a very good, well put together side. Obviously reigning Europa League champions. Um, did well enough in that group, in that in that group with Tottenham and Marseille. Um, is there a possibility that we get to February and the World Cup has killed Napoli's momentum? And if so, do we back Frankfurt more, or are we expecting this tie, regardless, to be in Napoli's favour? Any takers? I'll start with you, Kanya. I think it's definitely possible. It's the main reason I wouldn't I wouldn't be so quick to say Napoli will definitely win that. There's, there's a lot of time between now and then, and and Frankfurt on the side, like like they're, they're a serious team. They're a serious team. They're they're adaptable. They are without one super clear like best player. I'd say maybe it's Kamada, but even then, like I think other players have a shout for that for that for that role as well. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it won't be as straightforward for Napoli as I think people might be expecting. So. I'd, I would still say Napoli purely because right now the, you can't bet against them. They're top three tied in Europe at this moment, but it won't be an easy tie, definitely. Mbu, your thoughts, sir? Same. Um, you know, the, the World Cup comes at the wrong time for in, you know, uh, a lot can change between that Jan period and Feb period. Um, my only worry with Frankfurt is that their bench is somewhat thin. So even if both teams are not firing at the rate that I'm not sure they have enough minerals to to beat Napoli. Um but yeah, I don't think it would be as straightforward as as, as both of you have put out. Okay. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. Uh and now, last but not least, allow me to take A, my impartiality hat off. B, I'm taking my hosting hat off. I'm putting my gloves on. Let's box. I want to hear <laughs> about this PSG Bayern tie because I think that my, my team, my Bayern Munich, are being disrespected. And I will not tolerate it. A, because I made my feelings very clear at the beginning of the season who I think will win the Champions League. B, I think this PSG side are not who they are made out to be. We know about them. We know about yeah. them. So I want to hear from, you know, let's hear the balanced view before we hear Mr. Extremist. Kanya, PSG Bayern, what are we, what are we making of this tie? Wait, I, I am the extremist. <laughs> 100%. 100%. In way, am I the extremist? Well, we know we'll, about you, brother. We'll get to you, yeah. I think you'll, you'll, you'll sort that. You'll answer that question yourself. Look, 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 listen to yourself in the episodes. Play a few episodes back. You'll cover it. 
Even now, we'll come. No we'll come very shortly. We'll, we'll no come as an extremist. But but Kanye, PSG Bayern, a tie that we've actually seen a few times in recent years. Yeah. Once in a final, a two-legged tie uh, in the snow. I remember that game very well. That I think Bayern won on the day, but got knocked out. Um, got knocked out in the tie overall. And a few feisty encounters. Uh, two very strong teams, two well-put-together teams. Two teams who, who, at the beginning of the campaign, would be in people's favorites. And one of them has to go. Who's it going to be? Oh, no, this, is, this has been something that has been bothering me because like, I've tried to like, wrap my head around it. And I realized, I don't actually think I understand by it. I don't understand how they do what they do as a side. They, just, they almost just overwhelm you at this point. Like you look at who they have up top. I, I don't understand to promoting. I don't get it. I don't I don't like he's he wouldn't start for anyone else. But in his last Bundesliga game, he scores a brace. He's probably gonna end, end the season twenty goals all comes. What I what I've come to respect about Bayern is that it almost doesn't matter who the front three is, there's goals there. Like in this side and in August. But I think you guys are a lot better, a lot more cohesive than you were last season. And I think what PSG lack is is that that same kind of variance in their attack? Like they probably have yeah. the three best individual attackers, but their attack outside of those players is kind of stale. Like I, I almost feel like if PSG are winning this it's because Mbappe scored two, it's not going to be because you know they, they, there was this this crazy performance from from, from Hakimi at right wing back. That, that 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 took everyone by surprise, and, and and you know someone else just really showed up. I feel like that's what they need in order to beat Bayern. Whereas Bayern can have any number of players show up on the day and really take the game by, by the scruff of the neck. So I have Bayern going through here. I really do. I think the fact that PSG were unable to beat the team they needed to on like both occasions, home and away, like when they played Benfica, has really hurt my estimations of them, like as a whole. They're still really, really good, and like I, I would love them to go through, you know. But I, I've got Bayern going home with us. Valid, valid. And now, if we if we flip over to Mister, and I quote, "I do not fear Bayern Munich." I, I need to hear about you. What are you making? What are you making of this tie? If you, if you're saying you don't fear them, is it, will they be comfortably beaten? Is it because they lack X factor? Let's hear more about this take. Um, first, clarify who you pick or going through, and then let's hear about what you think of Bayern Munich in this time. I think let me end with with, with goes through. Um, but yes, like what you were saying, well, I think it, it's kind of linked to what Kanye is saying. They're weird side. Like, there's no reality where I can be like, oh, you know, Bayern is not a force to be reckoned with or anything like. That. But they are just a weird side. Um, and that's like you, you just mentioned that the X factor. That's that's the whole that. But I also specifically laid out three teams that I think those are the only teams where if they played those teams, I don't think they every anyone else in the competition. I think they stand a chance to beat any of them. Um, so that's where this this fear came from. It's not it's not from oh if they play PSG. Uh, oh, I don't fear them. They're gonna lose. No, no, that is that is not what I'm saying. Uh, but I just don't see them winning the competition if they face either of the sides that I had mentioned uh, before earlier in the episode. So whoever's 
go back to who I said at the beginning of the episode so that you know exactly who I am talking about. That is not applicable to a team that's that's still uh that's still in the competition. Um so yeah, Sabani, that's 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 mainly what it is with Bayern. Seem a bit weird to me, and I, it sounds it sounds like sour to not dap them up from how they've won every game, in the group stages. But the part of the reason why it hasn't impressed me so much is because I just know how shit Barca were defensively. I know how shit Inter have been. Um, so the fact that Bayern beat them both is not a shock. Before before they played Barca in the first game, I would have I would have I, I I think I even said in the episode that I expected Barca to win, and that. Did. But after that, my my tune had changed completely. Um, the only reality I see is like somewhat some somewhat what Kanye said is through individual uh, 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 brilliance, which Bayern Munich most likely don't need as much as PSG. Hakimi, for instance, I think is so, but it's such a liability defensively in the side. Him and or him and Variety, I would say, that PSG capable of of making stupid, stupid mistakes. And and Donnarumma, Donnarumma's, I think he's 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 a bit full of mistakes. Um, a good shot, full of mistakes. I think it's so way before. They have a chance to to show us what they're made of, and I think that's the main difference between the two sides. That one team has stupid players who are very good, and the others have just serious, serious oaks who will just go do what they whatever they're meant to do. Um, I so think pick I, you always go. Yes, I was gonna say you now. You always go for heritage. I think Bayern do go through. But I will, I'm so hesitant to call out a straight winner before uh, the World Cup because I like somehow there's harmony between Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar. If there's anyone that can that can beat this Bayern team, it'll probably be them just having two of the best games of their lives. And I think if that happens, I don't think Bayern will outscore them. Well, but, good luck yeah, to, Bayern, to the listeners. Bayern, but Bayern, Bayern, Bayern is my predicted winner. Uh, we finally got out of him. I was about to poke the bear again. Um, Bro! <laughs> like, we had to fight to get that one out of him. Jesus. Um, okay. You know, we it's can not kick so this easy. one. It's, it's, it's not so easy to call, bro, for me. Because I, I have... And I just... They're so different to last season. So, yes, it is still PSG at the end of the day. But I'm seeing a different side to last season. That they haven't really got a, gotten rid of it. Variety being variety. Like you know a stress variety. You know Hakimi defensively. Nothing else really has been sound. Vitinha has been good. Fabian Ruiz has been good. So it's just so hard for me to be like, oh, these guys are anything. When I've I've seen a big difference in their approach to games, but they have not ironed up. They have. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, before we before we bring the episode to a close, I just want to put it out on the record so that we have something to fall back on. Um, like I said months ago, Bayern are my 
Champions League winners. Actually, we can segue into the last into the last point through this, but I do expect Bayern Munich to win. Um, I think last competition. season to win the tie. Let's start with the tie. I do, I do expect them to win the tie uh, against uh, PSG. I think last season's humiliation, humiliating exit to Villarreal was a, a very steep learning curve for our manager. And I think he has learned from that. He did. He was on that hipster vibe at the beginning of the season with his with his starting 11s and his different systems and different formations. The team does seem a bit settled now. Um, subject to anything happening at the World Cup, I think a fully fit Bayern side has so many options and there's so much strength in so many key positions that they would, like, like you both alluded to, it would take a star-studded performance from the opponent to kind of defeat them. They're not the type of team that will beat themselves, um, touch wood. But yeah, I want to put out the record that I do expect uh, I do expect us to beat PSG in the round of 16. And I will segue into the last point as we close this episode. Um, in terms of winning the competition as a whole, I do think that I'm not undermining PSG in any regard. But if we beat them, um, I don't see a team that can beat us. Perhaps Manchester City only because of Pep. But then Pep can also beat himself, which is, again, a, a topic for another day. But I do have Bayern as my gun-to-my-head winner for this competition. And I will stick by them until, until further notice. So, yeah. Um, who, you, think, wanna, you, think Manchester, you think Manchester City, Manchester City beats Bayern over one leg, over a final, or over two legs? Well, I don't think it happens, um, to be quite frank. Yeah, I okay. don't think it happens. Not, not, not this season. I think, yes, okay. I think there's enough strength on the field um, and we will go as far as Nagelsmann takes us this season. So if he wants to be the same guy as last season, then yeah, we will struggle against teams. But if he, if he decides to be a serious guy, then like you very rightly said, he's got the serious players. So yeah, there are my winners. Um, I want to start with you, Vu, because I know how difficult it is to get an answer from you. Uh, <laughs> give me a Champions League winner now. Before the World Cup, you have to pick one. Um, you will be allowed to change later on, but I need to get an answer from you now. Give me a winner. Mm. Mm. Fuck. Ah, I'm going to sound silly. I'll go Real Madrid. From either this Madrid Liverpool tie or this PSG and Bayern tie, Madrid, so that I don't I don't double on what I said earlier. Fair enough, we'll take it. We've noted it down. Uh, LLM, we'll close with you. Got the, win- the winner comes from the from from the team that wins the tie: PSG versus Bayern Munich. I need something more. I need something see, more. see, 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 Kanye. I was gonna say something like that, but I know this. I just know I was gonna be clowned. I was gonna say something. The winner comes those two ties for me. No, no, no. That Whoever, one or two. That the winner know, of PSG versus Bayern. <laughs> That's the winner. Give me one. Give me one. Give me one. Purely because PSG have too many South Americans, and at least one of them will be heartbroken by the time they get back. Bayern. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, the, the UEFA Champions League group stage has come to a close. We have a very exciting round of 16 uh, ah. to look forward to. Uh, once again, we'd love to thank you for your support, all your shares, all your retweets, all your engagement really help us a lot. 
We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for joining us, gentlemen. Stay no, safe. Thank you, Host Bunny. <laughs>